We are Wrestling Elitists. I'm your co-host, Chris Scott Moore. And because this podcast is in a league of its own, I'm Uh joined by a pair of Rockford Peaches here. (laughs) We got Alex All The Way Mae Gibson and Stillwell Sean Nash. Wow. How's it going? Stillwell doesn't sound that great. (laughs) That, I... I did not have that on the list of things that I thought you were going to reference for us, um, but I like it. Great Best, worst intro of all time. Gotta love it. <laughs> yeah. You know, fun <laughs> facts. My grandmother was at the, uh, she stayed w- like in a nursing home with one of the actual Rockford Peaches. So Dang. thank you no for way. keeping it topical. Wow. Small yeah, world. I like to just keep relevant references here that are just top of the mind. <laughs> so relevant. knows. <laughs> Hey, that's the best baseball movie of all time. Fuck you if you don't like it. <laughs> I think it is. Anyways, thanks for streaming this episode. Uh, if you'd like to not unsubscribe at this moment, please don't because of that shitty intro. But if you'd like to continue to support the podcast, give us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Uh, please continue to support the show by sharing the podcast with your fellow wrestling fans. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Elitist Podcast. And finally, visit our website at WrestlingElitist.com. Uh, Alex started a new reoccurring feature that will spotlight indie wrestling talent that should have a larger spotlight titled, coincidentally enough, Wrestlers You Should Know. Uh, this article is on Ninja Mac, whom we saw at Bloodsport. So, Sean, you want to hit us with the uh, format for anyone who's new? Yep. We're going to give you our match of the week moment, news, cringeworthy items of the week, and then leave you off with what we're anticipating. But, of course, we're wrestling fans. We love a tournament. and We're starting off tournament season hot with the Owen Hart tournament. So we got to give a little prediction, some thoughts, some hopes for uh, what's coming in that tourney. Yeah, so let me do this. Let me just break down what the men's brackets are, and then we'll do uh, the same with the women's brackets. So let's just focus on the men's first. So let's go with uh, who we have at top. We have Ray uh, Phoenix and then uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Samoa Joe versus the Joker. Ooh. Darby versus Jeff Hardy and Adam Cole versus Dax. So let me start it off with you, Sean. Who do you think is going to win this? Well, first, no, 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 no. Let me go back. Who do you think the Joker is? Joker is? I don't know. I think throwing it in against Samoa Joe kind of lends me to think it might not be someone debuting because do you already put a, put the loss on Samoa Joe? So I kind of was thinking maybe we see Miro come back or we see a return like someone who's kind of been on the shelf for quite a while, like Kip Sabian. It's kind of not going to be a big thing. It's We haven't been like teased by Tony Khan like, oh, there's a big, big Joker to come. I think the, the bigger Joker is going to be in the, the women's bracket. Yeah, Alex, what are your thoughts I, on Joker? I, uh, I, I think we've been too conditioned for the Joker to be uh, someone major, even if they don't really tease it too much at this point. It's always somebody who's a surprise. Uh, even when it was somebody returning, it was Hangman who we kind of all knew it was going to be because of the story that was being told. I don't mind it being in Miro if it's him, but my, my mind goes to uh, Claudio Castagnoli, the former, the former Cesaro uh, as my choice. I went back and forth between that and um, the, uh, the rebel heart, Johnny Gargano. Um, But I I think that when you look at the tournament and, and who it's, you know, honoring, I think that Cesaro is a guy that, um, you know, kind of just not them saying he like reminds me of Owen, but like just in terms of being a amazing, beautiful pro wrestler, 
Cesaro fits mold. that bill perfectly for me. I was like, Calgary and Switzerland are nowhere near each other. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, uh, both countries I've never been news. to. Yeah. Yeah, I have some bad news. I think it's going to be, I mean, I would love it, but I don't think everyone else is going to love it. I think it's going to be Jay White. I mean. And I think it's, it's going to be Jay White going as the Joker to the finals against Adam Cole. Set up and then maybe door. that allows them to have their forbidden door, bullet club, thingamajig. So that's what I had going for it. So if I look at my brackets, I've got Ray over Kyle O'Reilly, Jay White, over Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy over Darby, and then Adam Cole over Jeff Hardy. Adam Cole goes over Jeff Hardy, goes to the finals, and then Ray uh, does a, does the favors to Jay White. Now, does though putting Jay White into uh, like winning your tournament—that's all, all everybody else is your guy though—is you know an AEW person? Does that kind of devalue that entire bracket though? That's what I, I would think that that would seem. I don't. I don't know yeah. that you would do that, especially oh. going right into for, Forbidden Door. I have Adam Cole winning. I'm sorry. They're oh, the Adam finals Cole. together, but Adam Cole wins, and I just Adam think Cole Adam wins. Cole wins because he's like in real life, he's a sweetheart of a guy. <laughs> I don't know. I just like it's that was my shit. thought. Is like he just seems like a really nice guy, and like everything you've ever heard about him is like how did you watch him on Bar Rescue? And what's that? Did, did you catch him on the new Bar Rescue? No. Is he not? Oh, a sweetheart let's, of not a guy spo- let's not spoil my moment of the Whoa. week, Sean. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> no, I haven't so watched it yet. Please, please, please. <laughs> I have not seen it yet. Um, <laughs> okay, so okay, who do you I, have pegged winning this then? I agree with you. Adam Cole, I think, comes out with this. I think it's the Joker. I think you have uh I think you have the Joker win it. So if I had to go with what my belief of the like the actual bracket breakdown will be Ray Phoenix beating Kyle O'Reilly, the Joker beating uh, Samoa Joe, I think there'll be shenanigans with Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh. That continues to happen, so I'm assuming that'll <laughs> play in there, and that's how you make Joe mm-hmm. not look weak there. Uh, I believe Jeff Hardy will beat Darby because I think you want to have Darby beat Jeff in a more meaningful feud later on. Have that happen. can say are kind of like the same person. And then I think uh, <laughs> Adam Cole beats uh, Dax. And then I think the finals will be Joker versus Adam Cole. All right, Sean boy, what do you got? Still well? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm pretty much in <laughs> agreement with everything. Jeff Hardy goes over. So does Adam Cole. Adam Cole makes it to the finals. And yeah, uh, kind of ba- battled between Kyle O'Reilly and um, Samoa Joe in the second round. I think you can't do that. So the Joker's going to win in that match, obviously. Joker probably makes it, but I just don't think it's going to be someone like Claudio or a grand surprise. So it's cool to be wrong every now and then. Hey, I'm getting close on that trios title, so I'm starting to, to pick <laughs> up some some things. Yeah, it's supposedly it got made. Yes. Yeah, they're just wait. They want Kenny to come back for it. Yeah, um, I want it to be Dax though. Like if I had a sentimental, emotional favorite, it would certainly be Dax. Definitely. Also a sweetheart. Embodiment of Owen Hart. Yes, uh, very much so, sweetheart. Family and man, more like Owen. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's skip. T- let's skip now to the women's bracket. So now we have Tony Storm and Jamie Hader, Brett Baker and the Joker. I almost said Rhino real. <laughs> Every time I see it, I, Jesus, I, I know. Come on, uh, Red Velvet and then Sheeta. 
So, so let's go with Jokers first. Who do you think the Lady Jokers are, Sean? Uh, I hope it's uh, formerly known as Ember Moon Athena. Now, yeah, I think that's that would just be over the moon. Huh. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not the only one that can be today. I didn't even try. That was that was beautiful. Um, I believe that that too will be Athena there. I agree. It's an easy pick. I mean, there's yeah. no one else really big out there, and this will be the biggest splash. And this was the hardest one to kind of fantasy book or imagine what they're going to do with this, because I assume you do Jamie and Britt, because that's kind of the easy way to do match it. that we've been hinting at and hints and whispers, but I don't know. So in my bracket, I had Jamie Hayter going over Britt just to maybe focus and highlight someone new. And then... um uh, Ruby going over Rio and then Sheeta going over Red Velvet. Sheeta goes over Ruby and then it's Hater and Sheeta in the final and Hater wins. But I'm not confident in that. I don't know. What do you guys think? You had Britt Baker beating the Joker? Yes. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much close on with you, but I think Jamie Hater wins. I think Joker wins. Maybe Britt Baker fucks around because she's jealous that she lost to the Joker. And then Joker versus Sheeta, probably. After all that, Ruby Soho, I kind of hope wins because I'm sick of Riho. And Red Velvet kind of just seems like fodder to Sheeta's greatness in the division. Yeah, this one was was really, really tough, which is exciting about a tournament because a lot of times it feels like tournaments can be telegraphed at times and yeah. not here. So I think, I think you're right that hater beats storm, uh, especially because storm just got the pin in the, in the tag team match this week. So she's, she does have one win on, uh, that side. I think the Joker wins. Uh, then I believe, I believe we'll see, uh, Rio versus Sheeta. um, and then my finals, I have uh, the Joker, so Athena versus Sheeta as my as my finish there. I think Sean is on to something too. I believe Britt will mess up, uh, will mess do something to cause Jamie Hater's like official turn to being a face. Yeah. I don't know if that'll be because she purposely messes up or if she's trying to help and then turns it into, you know, she accidentally punches. Whoopsie daisy. Yeah, one yeah. of those, which they kind of did exactly. in the past already with these two. Yeah. So I think yeah. that it'll be something like that. And then we see Jamie Hayter get her kind of face run after this because it's kind of been, at this point, it's almost like they forgot that they had any issues for a while. So that's, I think, my winner. Uh, uh, I don't know, actually, because I don't think that they're going to have two Jokers win. That's what makes us tough. Um, I'll go sheet on the winner then. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny. I think uh, as much as you mentioned, like, oh, it's not predictable. Sometimes I want predictability in tournaments, and yeah, I, it's like, God, Tony Storm and Jamie Hader is a good match, and like, to blow that on the first round, it's like, Ugh. and then to have them in the same region of the bracket with Brett is also kind of goofy. I wanted to see maybe that be the final, but who knows who that Joker is going to be? Maybe it is an Athena. Maybe it is um, uh, Candice LeRae. Maybe it's there's another free agent that was interesting and it escapes me. Oh, Dakota Kai. Enzo. Enzo. That would be <laughs> Enzo. That would just make oh, everyone. Oh, hell yeah. 
Can you imagine just how much they just shit on the whole foundation? <laughs> I mean, that's opiates. Uh, Santina Morella. Yes. Yeah, James Ellsworth. <laughs> leader God. in the women's division, WWE. Uh, they made $300 million this quarter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Okay, cool. So let's skip ahead and let's go to what we had as our matches of the week. Let's start off with you, Sean. Um, I think mine kind of went with the uh, the holiday season in Cinco de Mayo. Phoenix versus Dante Martin was fantastic. Just felt like whole just lucha fest. Uh, normally big fan of the beef slammers, but these two just blew it <laughs> out of the water. Uh, even the picture picture, they just did some great chain like roll up wrestling uh, for pins. Yeah. Dante Martin hit like a pretty wild uh, Canadian destroyer, I believe, from like a running jumping catch. Uh, and Phoenix just continued to to dazzle with like his moves that he can pull out. There was like a springboard to the second rope, uh, reverse sp- Spanish fly. I don't know. No one at the commentary could like figure out what to call it, but just fantastic. Uh, a rolling poison rana, that power bomb cutter, and then to finish it off with that like spiking tombstone pile driver kind of move. Just fantastic. Great to see him yeah. back, healthy and doing some crazy shit getting into the to the tournament i think him and kyle o'reilly will put on a pretty interesting match kyle o'reilly's definitely going to try and ground him he's going to be all up in the air so that works perfectly uh what'd you guys think on the match yeah it was it was a kind of high octane match uh had some really cool i really liked that pop-up uh cutter that he hit um and i i just thought that it was kind of cool to see for both of them to see Phoenix get to face somebody who's as innovative and kind of crazy as he is. And then same thing on, on the Dante Martin side to see him face somebody like that instead of a, uh, somebody who's a little bit more grounded and things like that, which it seems like is usually what he faces. So it was just kind of cool to just see. It almost felt like when you go to an indie match and you get one of those, those types of matches. So I, I enjoyed it for sure. Yeah, this was a throwback to like um, WCW Nitro in the Cruiserweight division. This would have been a match that would have let off the show. Um, I gave it four stars. I thought it was really excellent as well. They are great partners, and they wrestled almost like Eddie versus Rey Mysterio. It wasn't that classic of a match from their infamous match at uh, Halloween Havoc 1997, but it was very fluid and it felt like these guys are great dance partners and I didn't know what the fuck to call anything or what was going on psychology wise. It was just amazing moves executed at a elite level. So my match of the week was uh, the Takeshita versus Jay Lethal match, uh, which included uh, some really cool spots. First of all, how many top rope or avalanche moves have we seen over the last few years that uh, you kind of just get tired of it? But the top rope lariat that he hit on Lethal uh, turned him inside out. That was beautiful. Um, the lethal injection that Takeshita uh, countered and then turned into his uh, flying knee, which then set up the what should have been, I guess, near finish right there. Uh, and then the uh, the eventual ending with the uh, with Takeshita getting rolled up kicking out and but kind of kicking out putting lethal right into his own lethal injection finisher uh one of the things i've thought over the last few years when i have seen jay lethal uh, wrestle is i didn't like the uh, lethal injection because i thought it was a move that seemed like you had to set it up in a weird way all the time but he's proven time and time again now uh, with a few different spots since he's joined AEW that there are some really cool innovative ways to make it happen kind of on a more organic manner which is the best kind of finisher to me so 
that was my match of the week. I think one thing that's really cool about uh, Takeshita is uh, of all the, you know, Japanese stars that they bring over uh, in terms of like New Japan people. And, you know, obviously he's from DDT. He's the one that I think kind of just naturally meshes well with the AEW style, like from a television standpoint. And really, I think a casual can watch him and be like, whoa, this guy's really good. As much as we love Suzuki, we love Ishii and some of those other guys. It's because we really like that strong style type of wrestling, which I could see that not that not translating to somebody who doesn't really watch that all the time. How many times can you watch people go back and forth with forearms and slapping each other? So that's one thing that I really like that he brings to the table when it comes to showcasing international stars. Yeah, this is my match of the week as well. I gave this four stars uh, to boot. And like you said, they match really well. Uh, he seems to wrestle the AEW style perfectly. I think it's that DDT influence of where Kenny Omega got his big run and Kota Ibushi also had their um, his his the beginning of his career. Uh, they just work well together. Jay Lethal, again, like you mentioned, is hitting the lethal injection out of nowhere, not to make a dumb Randy Orton pun. But cutters are getting overused, and he is smart to know how to put it in the right place so it doesn't feel passe or it's not becoming like a super kick where it's like, okay, it's fucking, I see that every fucking week, you know? Totally. Um, Jay Lethal is very uh, impressive in his run so far in AEW. He wasn't always getting those spotlights because his character was kind of bland and they didn't know what they were doing with him. But now as a heel, he's doing a lot of good shit. Um, they had a lot of great spots too during the picture in picture, you know, when you're not listening to that shitty Jake from State Farm <laughs> thing and the Little Caesars crap. Anyways, that was some good shit in the background. They were doing some <laughs> great spots and just high octane and they weren't slowing down or they weren't doing rest holds. They were still going at it. So I, I've never saw this guy before, but I'm a fan of him and hopefully he gets to come over here more often. Yeah, definitely would like to see him more often. Um, they both just put on a super athletic match. Alex, you said it great with um, just the, the way the lethal injection has been able to be so easily incorporated in things the way even it's reversible with, uh, Ricky Starks when they hit that Rochambeau he's just he's one of those people who just for time has kind of almost been forgotten but has been so great wherever he's gone and just deserves all the all the flowers all the flowers all right well let's keep the uh greatness moving here what was your moment of the week Sean mine funny silly moment uh I kind of forgot that it was Wednesday and it was already nine o'clock so threw it on what do I see Billy Gunn taking his little kids over to talk to the acclaimed and just as soon as he says stick it in there boys and they just all scissor I just cracked up but they they have nothing really to do with Billy but I'm just glad he's still the ass man that he is uh, hopefully this is just like a one-off match and leads to nothing but just funny to see Billy Gunn be Billy Gunn on TV still. Maybe it does lead to that. Do they claim turning faces? I'm guessing that's where maybe this goes to. But I love that the ass boys are so uh, humble and able to be ass boys and just be the joke. (laughs) And they're perfect uh, lower tier goons and losers that just get the shit kicked out of them eventually and never win anything in our goofs. The fact that they call him daddy was also just so cringe in a good way. Yeah, I love that they they do a good job of selling it like they hate the whole ass boys name, but then Billy Gunn actually calls him that himself. It's just yeah. a funny little <laughs> dynamic. 
Um, and it's like, they're just like his little, like, it seems sometimes more like rather than being his sons, they're just his little goons that he has his Basham brothers. It's like a muscle developed off of his body (laughs) and just mutated into a little Billy gun. All right. Well, speaking of muscle and goofs, Alex, what was your moment of the week? Well, I got to keep the train going. I think every week we have Wardlow as one of the moments of the week lately. So (laughs) it's a must need. Um, so after he, uh, destroyed Chris's new favorite wrestler, William Morrissey, uh, with, <laughs> with a singular power bomb, uh, having, I'm pretty sure every cop in the state of Maryland, uh, came down to the ring to try to arrest him and he beat them all up with, uh, with one, one punch knockouts and, uh, just continues to get into MJF's head. And then hearing MJF finally say, I'm going to give you the match you want, um, but we're not going to talk about it here. We're doing it next week in uh, the most magical place on earth, Long Island, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. saying that he's going to have some sort of a stipulation, which I'm excited to see what that stipulation ends up being. Um, I'm I'm imagining there's going to be something where he only he has like a hand tied behind his back or something weird like that, mm-hmm. but uh, I hope that that's not the case. Um, but overall, it was just a really another another segment where it just kind of reminds you of how much of a of a monster Wardlow is and really kind of makes you feel like he has a really good chance at beating MJF, which I, I, I think that when we look at how this match will go at double or nothing, he will win. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, they've, they've done a really good job of building it up. And I think that, you know, we talked about it, like how many more of these like matches can he do before he gets his hands on him? I think it's perfect that it's pretty much ending here. Now this week there's the contract signing and then they'll probably in the contract signing, there'll be probably something that says he can't be in the, the building for the next two weeks or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think they've done a fantastic job of rehabbing Wardlow. I remember when the, he had the match against CM Punk and he gave him 10 power bombs. I was so nervous and worried that, Oh my God, Wardlow's going to not be the breakout star that I think he's going to be. And he won't be able to beat Batista. And I was shitting my pants, but no, they definitely did a good job of rehabbing him. I mean, he looks so good now and, um, yeah, he looks strong, and uh, I maybe they do an angle too, where like cops just don't want to work anymore. They don't want to like be a security guard, or he doesn't get handcuffed because they don't want to deal with them. That could be an interesting way to turn, so he's not getting out or not outsmarted, but just not looking like a dumbass and just willfully getting handcuffed and beaten up by MJF and Sean Spears. So interested to hear yeah. the crowd reaction in Long Island too. That'll be fun. Oof. It's gonna be loud. It's going to be very loud. It's amazing, that they can, can, it's amazing they can continue just to week after week do the same old thing with them, but kind of reinvent it in a different way, different shots with the camera. I even to love the uh, the police escort this week where they're just coming straight from the, the parking lot in just Goldberg up, style, man. Walked out. Worked in 98. Yeah, it's very Goldberg style, but it's thankfully a lot better than Goldberg so far. Yeah, he's, he's not that good. Um, just ask Bret Hart. All right. Well, I my favorite thing that I uh, saw this week was the William Regal uh, Blackpool Combat Club video. Just him going over his philosophies of how they think, what they do, how they train. I love watching wrestlers train and work out. It makes it feel like a legitimate sport. It makes it feel like it's a legitimate contest or there's something at stake. You get the sensation that these guys truly give a shit and they're trying to get better at their craft and it makes everything seem realer and more serious. This is the angle and direction I like to see my professional wrestling go. I know you need to have your Dan House and to have some levity in your 
you know, whatever big guys for this and that, but I really love this segment. And, uh, I think there was such an overwhelming, uh, fan support of the last video they did like this with uh, FTR that they made a point to put this on the show because uh, this was something that did need to be spotlighted and it shouldn't just reside on their Twitter. So happy with these videos. Love to see more of this stuff. And uh, that man, I think they should get the trios belt as opposed to Kenny and the box. I mean, they seem like the best act to get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm glad that they kind of they did put it on TV and they just took like a segment of it because it felt like there's like three or four video promos they could do easily with with all of that that was in that Twitter video. Fantastic. Um, I would love to see them as the, the trios, the first trios team. I mean, they're phenomenal. Brian Danielson, he's great. Solid. I love like that they just all just seem confident. to be. <laughs> had, had, to throw it, had to throw it Look in it. there. Look at you taking yeah. risks. I was yeah. going to just call yeah. him redacted. So, uh, <laughs> but um, I, I think it's cool to just see how much all four of them are on the same page in terms of like their style and like their grittiness yeah. and everything like that. I think a lot of times factions can kind of seem like it's four guys that are just kind of loosely together. This seems like four people that all believe in violence and they believe in a certain style of wrestling and they're going to go out there and they're going to do it. And that's what I've really enjoyed about the Blackpool combat club so far. We all and need to start doing comes- the neck bridges yeah. and just together <laughs> in the same room. We need to strengthen these necks. <laughs> and Yuta comes off like a star now for the fans to be chanting him now. And he's getting yeah. a big support and he's not just like the third wheel or he's not just the other guy. He's just pants. as equal to this group as anyone else. Um, Sean, let's go into your news of the week. News of the week is some, maybe some more trash TVs coming to AEW. There's talks <laughs> of a, another reality show. I'm sure everyone's just dying and desperate after Roads to the Top or whatever Cody's show was called is gone. But uh, we can all fall into a, a trash TV binge now and then. And what's better than wrestling? Throw it all in together. Might be able to get the the old girlfriend to watch it. So there's more eyes on the product but uh you know me i loved Corey and carmella so i'll be all on this <laughs> yeah as our senior reality correspondent sean is pretty pumped about what this could mean um, basically e-news <laughs> correspondent <laughs> uh i think that it it's exciting that it means that they're still giving them another show because obviously that means that they're they see something in them uh, especially knowing that there's been the the word around the street is that TBS and TNT aren't going to have any more scripted uh, series that like there's no more that are going to be coming to them, which uh, obviously it's reality TV. So not scripted. Right. Um, But I think it's a good sign when people have been worried about what does this mean for, for AEW once, uh, once their contract is up, I think the fact that they're continuing to get more content, more shows is always a positive. So also, will I watch the reality show? Bet your ass. Mostly because I just don't turn off the TV once, once the once the wrestling ends. So, what typically follows Dynamite? Big Bang Theory. Uh, like no, it's been some show like find find the mole or something like that, where it's like oh, the oh cooking that's show. right, cooking show. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that looked horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the ideas people come up with. Well, speaking of horrible things, Chris, um, I think what's horrible is the idea of Roman Reigns not being the top <gasps> dog in the WWE. And this past weekend, he cut a promo at a house show 
I think it was in New Jersey, and he basically made comments of, this might be the last time I wrestle here. Uh, and then Nick Khan came out and said something about how they're planning on sending Roman to to dominate Hollywood soon. My guess is this is actually just a whole ploy about how he's the real star of the family, the rocks in Hollywood, and that's going to be him. Uh, but it's fun to speculate, right? And I know that he's also put out another uh, recent promo after that on Instagram where he kind of did it again and he starts to say the rock and then cuts off halfway through, like mm-hmm. says the rock and then cuts off. So my, tease. my conspiracy theory is that they, that this is all kind of going around getting, getting that rock stuff set up. But, you know, I also wouldn't be surprised if he is kind of looking to take at least a little bit of a break. The guy has had the company on his back yeah. for, how many years uh, he's seen what, what you can make in terms of Hollywood money uh, when, when it comes to the rock. And it's just kind of the move that people make now, the rock, Cena, Batista, other guys. So whether it's an imminent thing or it's, you know, down the line, we probably will see Roman Reigns as a, uh, as a future star in Hollywood. It's more fun to speculate right now. I don't see it as a big thing. Do you guys have any kind of thoughts on it? Um, no, not really. I think, yeah, this, this kind of seems like the tease. Yeah, he's going to go dominate in Hollywood at WrestleMania next year. But uh, just let's build this Rock thing. I, I would love to see Rock on SmackDown because it would get me to watch. I mean, they got to make a Fast and the Furious 15 at some point. So He's out. He's done. He Him and Vin. It's a no-go. All right, so I want to talk about the news regarding uh, Tammy Lee Cinch, formerly known as Sonny. Uh, Sonny's a Hall of Famer, had a great run with WWE in 1995 and 1996, and has been on a downward spiral and uh, going through, obviously, a very sad phase in life. We never really talked about her on the show just because it was so depressing and there's nothing positive you can say. But I think um, it's worth talking about just because it's in the news. Uh, There was a new low today where she was um, responsible in a, a DUI homicide uh, the police did uh, take a blood sample, I believe it was, and she had 3.5 of uh, the legal blood alcohol level in her system at the time. The thing that's puzzling to me, too, is like, and granted, I don't know much about uh, judicial powers in Florida, but I don't know how she's a free person right now. Like she's had frequent um, DUI related driving incidences and driving on a suspended license and made some crazy threats like i just don't understand how she's a free woman right now uh especially considering what she did or what she's alleged to have done uh so it's just a sad i don't know it's just fucking sad like uh you you hope someone gets their life figured out and um they get what they need to do but i mean she's turning into like another jimmy snuka like it's kind of like it's the only other thing you can compare it to really yeah yeah it's it's just crazy the you always thought uh, maybe a normal normal human being thinks to just one DUI is all it takes to kind of make you get your, your act straight and your shit together. But a multiple and multiple and multiple and eventually one that takes someone's life. It's just it's tragic and unfortunate that someone out there in the world just gives zero regard for any anyone else or anyone else, anything. So hopefully she somehow gets help and figures her life out. But I think she needs to do it behind some bars for a little bit. Again, what's what's sad about Sonny is because of when I started watching wrestling, I literally only know of Sonny because I've heard so much about the problems that she's had yeah. you know, over the last 20 years. 
So um, it's sad that it got had to, that somebody had to lose lose their life for for what she um, has clearly has a uh, habit of doing. And um, it'll be interesting to kind of watch. You know, does she now get arrested, or, or you know, does does she go away for life after at this point, or what what happens? So. Yeah, I just hope there's nothing else to it and she doesn't harm anyone else while she's out. Um, Yeah, just a sad story. Um, Okay, well, let's lighten the mood a little bit here and let's go into what we had as our cringe of the week. Yeah, this is at least just cringy for (laughs) storyline purpose. But uh, Julia Hart, this whole House of Black storyline, story that's not really been happening. It's just, it's gone on too long. It's too too stupid she's standing around in the ring after the the match is about to the next match is about to start just what the fuck are you doing that she has nothing to say really on it and even on twitter it just seems like nothing comes about it i'm sick of it i'd love for them just to drop it and house of black to go on their own way i barely enjoyed this storyline when it was fresh and it is as stale as can be now just a a weird segment and just weird with what they're yeah. doing with her. Why is nobody else who got the eye uh, or, you know, the, the mist still acting like this pop pock is normal again. I mean, I guess you could say that Penta turned into Penta obscuro, but even that's not this weird thing that they're doing with Julia Hart. So Zombie. Um, just weird. I hope they drop it seems like something that they would likely drop uh, based off of the feedback that's been coming, but we'll see. Yeah. I would say this was probably the worst segment they've ever done behind the, the dark order debut where they were using all those like fake punches and it just was like a shitty melee and it looked terrible. I think this is worse than that. It's almost as bad as that. And it's worse than um, the Dan Lambert and Brandy Rhodes trash off. Like it what just, about, this, oh, I, I was just gonna say, what do you think? Where does it rank against? Uh, remember the nightmare collective early on when they were like going and cutting girls' hair? Oh, yeah, oh, Brandy. Yeah. That might be the only thing that's worse, yeah. But, anyways, it's in the top five of turds, yeah. So, I let's it's, okay. First, with the, the varsity blondes, beyond the length of how long the storyline's going just like the way that they were cutting the promo was sad and i was cringing already just from the start when they're in the ring i was like uh i just got awkwardness from watching them like griff garrison is sheepish little footsies and his hang dog expression when he's talking <laughs> and then brian pillman no one needs to see john harbaugh look good he sucks no. Uh, I love that guy making mug faces and mean mugs in the background over Harbaugh's shoulder. It's like, I did not watch notice. it again. He's just like looking at him like the whole time. Uh, so the varsity blinds just look pathetic. And like, I don't know. This is what I thought of. It's like almost like a college town. And like the varsity blinds are out like drinking. And Julia has like her friend tell the guys a message of like, hey, you know, like Julia and Kevin broke up. Brian and Griff, like, come on. Go for it right there. <laughs> Run, just go for it. And they get too drunk and play dance dance revolution and don't talk to her the whole night. <laughs> like, they just seem like those kind of guys. Like, I, trust me, I know them. They end up uh, not publishing their novel and they host wrestling podcasts. <laughs> but no, they just like, they just seem like chicken shits and they have no redeeming value and their characters look so poor. And these guys have potential. Like they're not terrible. Like I think they could genu- genuinely do something someday, 
but the material they're given is so horrible and they're not doing any favors. And now it's starting to drag down House of Black. Just to be associated with them looks pathetic because why the fuck are you wasting your time with these goofs? Um, let alone the length of the storyline. That's offensive in itself. That like, why is this going on for so long when Malachi Black didn't actually miss her when he missed her? You know, like it ah, just, it's all shit. It just her. needed, like nice. this needed to be the, the week after he did that. This is what you do yeah. the second week or maybe the third week, not yeah. seven months or so from now. Gosh, yeah. So I'm interested to see what they do with this, uh, what they do in the next step, because I think the, the fan feedback has been overwhelmingly negative. And we know that Tony Khan is listening to fan support on Twitter, which you can debate the merit of that, but he uh, lit the crowd up really great for Baltimore. And he like tweeted a fan and said, Hey, great suggestion. That's a good idea. And like, it did look great and it did make the presentation of the show look better. So, you know, he's looking at, um, you know, Twitter or wrestling Twitter and looking at how things are falling and registering. So I wonder what happens next with house of black. I mean, they're going to have the feud with the, the death triangle, but man, the, uh, Malachi black is just getting, he is not uh, having the best of luck with his programs and feuds that he's had. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, no one's doing him any favors in the, uh, the booking department or storyline department. Yeah. So I was bummed out by this. I thought this was like, I, I think I hated it more than you guys did, but I was pretty just bummed out because I think Malachi black is a true star and he should be someone who has a run with hangman. All three of them um, are the whole house. Yeah. Black. I, I think I wasn't so disappointed with it only because I had like negative expectations going into it. I was, I didn't want to see it before it happened. So when it ended up being bad, I was like, huh, that's exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's, let's look ahead and let's be positive. Let's go into what we're anticipating uh, the next week. So besides the uh, beginning of the Owen Hart tournament and MJF in Long Island, Sean, what are you looking forward to the most? I'm looking forward to the uh, the Jungle Boy Ricky Starks match for the FTW yeah. Championship. I think this might be an actual good kind of uh, contender for the FTW Championship. I guess you'd say uh, incredible pie face by Ricky Starks on Rampage on Friday. Just got all in there with the face. Um, I loved the the little backstage promo that uh, Jungle Boy had at the end, or not the end of Dynamite, but during Dynamite. Really heated. I think this might kind of lead to a little heel turn with Christian. It seemed like that kind of there was a little spark there in a, his promo or something. But excited. Hopefully, I, I Jungle Boy doesn't always shine as good as he does in a multi-man match that he does in a singles match. But high hopes. And hopefully, Ricky Starks wins and hits that Rochambeau. Yeah, that that promo with Christian. Because what did he say? He's like you don't sound like a loser. You are a loser right now or yeah. something along those lines that you're like, Ooh. Ooh. And then he kind of corrected course, corrected a little bit there, but it felt a little bit like there was, it was more of a red herring than uh, it may originally come off as. So excited to see what that leads to. But every time there's more Ricky Starks, I'm excited. I really hope that he ends up winning this match, but even if he doesn't, I have, I'm pretty confident this will be a good, a good showing for both him and jungle boy, two of the uh, young, young stars in the biz. Ricky Starks is low key. Great. Uh, he's coming off. Awesome. He's, I think he's the highlight of rampage for me. I mean, I know people like to mm -hmm. listen to Jericho scream, but I 
enjoy Ricky Starks just as a whole, his presentation so well. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Sean, what are you, or Sean, Alex, what are you anticipating? Well, if you disagree that this is going to be a great debut for Danhausen, then be cursed. But Danhausen <laughs> versus Tony Nese for his first uh, his first match in AEW, we saw you know he's been slowly kind of coming in, and you know now all of a sudden you know he's wearing his ring gear and everything, and I loved the promo that. Uh, Mark Sterling and Tony Nese cut where they made it look like they were going to challenge Tony ne- or um, Hook, you know, talking about this phenom who's undefeated and everybody loves for some reason that nobody that nobody else understands, and then challenging Danhausen. I loved that. Um, <laughs> excited to see. I'm excited to see what he can do in the ring. I really haven't watched a whole lot of his in ring stuff in pretty much since COVID happened. So I, I was I got into. Dan Housen right before COVID because he was supposed to have a WrestleMania show uh, with uh, Warhorse, Warhorse yeah. and um, then kind of fell off when he went to Ring of Honor and then he's had that broken leg. So excited to see how that goes. But more importantly, I've, I think with the way that we saw the segment with Hook go and, you know, he gave him the the bag of chips as a gift and Hook seemed to be, you know, a little bit taken aback by it. This is the bromance <laughs> of the year and I'm, uh, I'm excited to see these two finally come together uh, and be be the best friends that uh, that truly belong in this business. So better made chips too. What a homer! Just keep it yeah, in Michigan just products. Loved it totally. Keep it on. Keep it on the, the mitten. Yeah, yeah. Great segment. I love that. Just the as soon as he poked and prodded him, he just gives him the good shove. What it'd be fun to see. And I loved that Danhausen came out with his hair all like weird, like. <laughs> like hooks is but just isn't be, as yeah, long so it, it wasn't as no so i love i just love that little touch <laughs> all right who goes over in this you put tony nice so, so he can stay strong for hook or dan Housen will i think uh i think hook i think hook will come in and do something that'll yeah. and but dan Housen, it'll be i you know how last week dan Housen was doing the curse and then hook walks from behind and that's what scares tony nice away I think it'll be a very similar thing where they work it out where I don't know what it is like hook does something to help Dan Housen, but Dan Housen thinks he did it on his own. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He doesn't see it and takes the, the pin out of nowhere. What do you think there, Chris? I, part of me wonders, yeah, if they just keep tone, they, maybe he has like an orange Cassidy kind of thing where like, he's not trying or he's doing something erroneously, whatever that causes Tony needs to win. So they could have, him stay kind of stronger ish for hook, but that's not a bad idea of him doing voodoo magic. And it does, you know, it's not really working, but yeah. it would be fun if they did like down the line, like he just starts doing cane shit <laughs> and it's like a parody of like, and maybe this is how they like get out of, and they make fun of like Malachi black turning the lights off. They kind of like acknowledge that. And it's like Dan Housen can starts doing those special powers too. I don't know. I love but, it. Yeah, I, I've never seen him wrestle either, ever. So, like, I'm excited to see what the hell he's going to look like. I think he's going to be super over, though. So, that'll be fun. Um, okay, and then I'm anticipating and looking forward to, um, I mean, this is kind of an easy answer, but just the tournament starting off, I really want to see what Dax does. He's a sentimental favorite here. I think him and Adam Cole are going to have a banger of a match. I don't know if they've wrestled before. If they have, I haven't watched it. So, that'll be fun to see. Um, this tournament both uh men's and women's are 
great workers and there's a lot of great matchups. So I'm just excited to see how this unfurls and what it leads to as we get on the road to double or nothing. Yeah. Like we said earlier, just love a tournament. We start with this, then it gets us into battle of the super juniors and G one eventually. God, it's just beautiful tournament time. Yeah. This is a summer of great wrestling. Holy shit. So, and then forbidden door, we didn't mention this in the news, but just worth noting that forbidden door sold out um in two seconds practically and everything is out and scalpers have their hands on them and (laughs) it's going to be very expensive to get in but i'm assuming it's another million dollar gate uh and things look good for hopefully the show and hopefully they do something with okada and punk it would be great or maybe brian danielson and okada whichever way you want to do it but it's going to be a hell of a show so we have a great summer ahead of us uh excited to see all the great shit that we're going to see this year it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a great, great few months that we have coming up here. It's gonna feel great to have a full summer G one back with fans, um, which hopefully they do some sort of a kickoff for it at Little Caesars Arena because it's right around that time. Of course, yeah, um, prime time. But uh, that's that's just me being selfish. But yeah, I think that the next few months are, are really exciting from a wrestling perspective, and. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see where things are once we get to all out, like looking at one year from the punk debut from the, the origination of wrestling elitists. That was the night where we said we have to do this. Right. So I'm, that's kind of like a, a marker point in my mind is that, you know, that uh, all out weekend, where's AEW from, from the year that was prior. So. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for listening today. If you'd like to continue to support the podcast, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your shows. If you like the show itself, please share it with your friends that are wrestling fans to help us organically build our platform. Speaking of our platform, you can follow us at Wrestling Elitist Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Please visit our website at WrestlingElitist.com to get our latest match ratings and articles. I finally posted under the five-star match section uh, a look into uh, Steamboat versus Savage. Uh, It was a fun article, so please give it a chance to read that. And finally, want to give a shout-out to Thomas Hall, uh, who has his own website at KB's Wrestling Reviews and is also featured uh, daily on Scott Keith's blog of doom. Uh, He gave us an an encouraging word, and he was uh, much appreciated. article regarding our wrestlemania week uh, indie show so i just want to thank him for that and i guess from here we're just going to take it to rick root aren't we hit the music